Hi, blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I trust that you have been blessed during the worship session. We are truly uh, going back to some form of normalcy and even as we gather to this family together online service, uh, frankly speaking, there is one phrase and one term that has been overused and that is the new normal. In fact, this term has been so much used today uh, that I'm getting a bit sick of this word. Well, to me, I would rather say that the only constant in this world is change. So the world is going through rapid changes and every day there are changes that we see around us. Right now, even countries like China and Israel, uh, they are racing to find a vaccine for the coronavirus and we pray that they will succeed real soon. So today I'm bringing you a message of hope from Nehemiah chapter 1 and I have entitled my sermon Prayer for Success and Favor. And even as we take a peek into the life of Nehemiah, I pray that truly uh, all of us if you really want success and favor of God in your life, uh, just click on the link at the chat room, light up the chat room uh, in your devices and let us know. Uh, we would like to uh, see your responses. So uh, before we do that, uh, let us have a time of prayer even as we commit this sermon to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, even for the worship that we have just now. We thank you, Lord, despite a meeting in homes, despite uh, this online service, Lord, we know that we are all bonded and united in spirit, Lord. I pray, Lord, that even as we open your word and consider Nehemiah 1, Lord, we thank you, Lord, uh, even for the precious lessons that we can draw from this chapter. And we pray, O Lord, that like Nehemiah, we will be a people of prayer. So uh, bless and anoint my lips, even as I bring forth your word. May I be a channel uh, used by you, even to bring forth your message. I commit myself to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So. Uh, even as the sermon uh, uh, is being preached, so please feel free to continue to engage with us. And uh, right now, uh, let us turn to Nehemiah chapter 1. Uh, it will be appearing on your screen as well. And let me just read uh, from the Bible. And if you have the Bible, you can turn to it as well. So reading from Nehemiah chapter 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, 
Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my family, my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeem by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was the cup bearer to the king. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So even as we have read from Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, it was on the 20th year reign of King Artaxerxes in the month of Kislev, which is November and December in our calendar, that news came from Jerusalem to Nehemiah in the citadel of Susa, the administrative capital of the Persian Empire. So uh, this is modern day Iran and uh, the city of Jerusalem remain in ruins. So even as we are in this COVID-19 uh, season that we are in, uh, while Nehemiah is in the city of Susa, the citadel of Susa, but for us, some of us who are in this COVID-19 situation, we are in a very Susa situation, S-U-S-A-H. So I do not know how Susa your situation is, but I pray that even as the walls of security that has been your blanket of security and your wall of security has been crumbled even in this COVID-19 situation, I pray that even as you listen to this sermon, that this wall of security that has come tumbling down will be rebuilt, just as Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. Amen? So light up the chat room and even as we go along, uh, just uh, connect with us. So whatever susa or difficult period that we are going through right now, remember that our God Yahweh will comfort us and that is the meaning of Nehemiah. And the name Nehemiah means in Hebrew, Yahweh comforts. So Nehemiah was born in exile and he rose the ranks 
to be a cupbearer even in the courts of King Artaxerxes. So combining the role of inverted commas prime minister as well as a masters of ceremony, the cupbearer's position is truly one which is highly esteemed because before the king uh, even put a, a spoonful of food into his mouth or take a, a sip from the cup, uh, the cupbearer will be the one who will be tasting the food as well as the drink before the king does so. So Nehemiah was very close to the king and at times during banquets or functions, he can even whisper to the ear of the king. So this is the position of Nehemiah and truly he lived in the citadel which is a fortified palace of the Persians and right away we know that he is an important person. So why is Nehemiah so concerned with this piece of news that he received from his brother? Well, Nehemiah's body may be in Persia, but his heart and his truly his, his heart is with the people in Jerusalem, which is 1,300 kilometers away. He wanted to know uh, firsthand what happened to them even when they returned from exile. So we might think that why is a man like Nehemiah even be bothered with the people in Israel. So this is truly the heart of Nehemiah and if you look uh, at your screen right now, I'm quoting from Psalm 137 verse 5 to 6. If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. So it truly starts from the heart. And if Jerusalem is close to God's heart, it was also close to Nehemiah's heart. So even in verse 3, the news that Nehemiah received was not encouraging. The people were called survivors. This was not a hopeful title. They were in great distress and reproach and the walls of the city itself were broken down and the city gates are burned with fire. So in the ancient world, a city without walls was a city completely open and vulnerable to its enemies. So even as we look at this current COVID-19 situation, and even as we wait with bated breath as what does the future hold? Are we like the Jewish remnant who have a survival mindset or are we settled and resigned to the fact that the worst is yet to come? Or are we like Nehemiah having a strategic mindset to call upon God uh, to pour down success and favour to deliver us from whatever predicament that we are in. Even as we progress in our sermon today, I pray that even as we consider Nehemiah 1, that we will truly be like Nehemiah, that he began with the end in mind. That is, 
a rebuilt city wall and he began to engage with God in weeping and mourning, in fasting and praying. So on your screens right now uh, is a quote from one of the famous and well-known uh, uh, he, he is a leadership guru, uh, Stephen Covey, and he has this to say, to begin with the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. It means to know where you're going so that you better understand where you are now so that the steps that you take are always in the right direction. So this is Stephen Covey for you. And uh, let's move from survival mode and settlement mode to a strategic mindset to engage with God in prayer. Amen. And this is exactly what Nehemiah did. He has the end in mind, which is a rebuilt Jerusalem wall. And the first thing he did was to engage with God. So today, even as I bring you this message, I have titled my sermon, Prayer for Success and Favor, based on Nehemiah's prayer under three main headings. So if you forget everything that I have said in this sermon, just remember these three C's. Number one, commune with God. Number two, confess before God. And number three, covenant of God. So the first thing that Nehemiah did was to commune with God. So in verse four, uh, this is what Nehemiah said. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So even as he heard the news, he did not immediately jump into action, but instead he started communing with God. He built his own prayer altar. So in this uh, table that I have for you on the screen, the spiritual will always precede the physical. Worship of God precedes working for God and building an altar precedes alterations. So Nehemiah was intending to rebuild a physical wall, but he knew that he needed to engage with God and that is the spiritual aspect. He needs to work for God by rebuilding the wall, but he knows that he needs to worship God and that precedes working for God. He needs to build an altar before he do any alteration to the city wall. So we should note as well what Nehemiah did not do. He did not complain, he did not whine or see who could fix the problem, but he immediately did what he knew he could do, and that is to pray. Amen. And even as he engaged in prayer in verse 4, he prayed to the God of heaven. So why did Nehemiah use this term, the God of heaven? So in the Persian uh, capital or in the uh, Persian uh, state, the God of heaven is a term used by the Persians to describe their deity Ahura Mazda. Sounds like a Japanese car, isn't it? 
And here Nehemiah is intentionally using the same term, but he's directing it to Almighty God, to Yahweh instead of to the Persian uh, deity. So truly the Lord Almighty Yahweh, the great and awesome God, He is the true God of heaven. Amen. So prayer is the most eloquent expression of our priorities and truly even as Nehemiah prayed the same thing over and over again day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, let incense arise. So that was how Nehemiah was doing for four months from the month of Kislev to Nisan. So Nisan was sometime in March or April. So he did this for four months before he approached the king with his, with his request. So let us call on God and pray hopeful, honest and real prayer. Amen. So in verse 5, Nehemiah said, Then I say, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. So when we commune with God, when we call on him, we are acknowledging that we can't but he can. So call on God today. Don't delay. I remember many, many years ago, even before I came to SIBKL, there's a saying which says, when it rains, it pours. I remember I was uh, to send my wife uh, who need to go for an operation to remove uh, some cysts and fibroids from, from her body. Uh, and before going to the hospital, she just wanted to check on her mother. So we went to my mother's-in-law's house. We stayed separately. So we rang on the doorbell, but nobody came. So we were wondering what happened to her. She doesn't usually go out of the house. So my wife has the house key. We opened the door and lo and behold, we found that my mother-in-law, uh, she was stuck in the toilet because uh, her hip socket was disjointed from the hip. So on the very same day, I have to uh, check in my wife uh, into a hospital for her operation. And on the very same day, I also need to check in my mother-in-law to another hospital so that she can have her hip fixed. And to add to all uh, this, uh, the stock market, I was holding uh, some Maybank shares during that time, uh, the stock market crashed. So it was like when it rained, it paused. And the story has not ended yet. On the way home from the hospital, my tire puncture right in the middle of Federal Highway. So when it rained, it really paused. So what did I do? I call on God that day. And truly, although I need to fix the tire myself, the stock market did not pick up immediately, but 
the peace of God that passes all understanding just fill my heart and my mind and I have that restedness and I have that peace and even when I went home I slept like a baby so I don't know what you're going through today but whatever it is be like Nehemiah in verse 5 then I said open your mouth and pray you know guys like us we really don't like to uh, pray verb uh, verbally you know we tend to think that oh God can read my mind so I pray in my mind and that is enough may I urge you that you need to open your mouth and pray as well just like Nehemiah did in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart so this is God giving you this invitation to call on him to come to him to pray to him and he will listen to you amen so in James 5 verse 13 it says is anyone among you in trouble let them pray so you may be saying pastor I'm only one person you know you look the uh, at the world around us there's so much uh, bitterness so much problems uh, COVID-19 is still around what can one person do well you be surprised because the power of one because it's not just you God plus you and put your name in the bracket uh, in the screen you can see God plus you that means God plus Jeff myself equals majority so Nehemiah was the power of one one person who stood in the gap for the nation of Israel one person falling hard after the one true God one individual making the difference so don't say that you cannot make a difference because you and God make up the majority amen so let's move on to our second point which is confess before God even after communing with God Nehemiah went on to confess the sins of the nation of Israel his own sins and even his family's sins before God so confess before God confess what number one confess who God is in verse 5 Lord the God of heaven the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments so in Philippians 2 uh, the Bible says that one day uh, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father so God is truly his our great and awesome covenant keeping God who will deliver us from all our troubles and he will truly recompense you the years the locusts have eaten so the next thing which Nehemiah did was to confess 
the sins of the people as well. So confess the mess to be blessed. Nehemiah took personal responsibility for the sins of the people of Israel and he himself as well as his father's house. So confess before God. So what are the things which Nehemiah confessed? So the mess that they were in. So they sinned against God. They acted very corruptly against God. They have not kept the commandments, statutes and rules that God commanded. And they were unfaithful to God. So they have a settlement mindset in the sense that if you remember the book of Haggai, uh, they were very settled in their position. Uh, instead of building the temple of God, they build panel houses for themselves. So although uh, uh, finally the temple was rebuilt, but Jerusalem remained in ruins and the walls of Jerusalem was not rebuilt. So this is truly God urging us that even as we look to Him and confess before Him, God can turn our rubble into restoration. So in this uh, slide that you see on your screen right now, uh, God can turn rubble uh, from rubble to restoration and that is the way of God when His people submit to Him by the confession of their sin. So what is a graphical picture of Jerusalem's broken wall? Jerusalem's rubble is a physical representation of sin. But one singular repentant man, Nehemiah, made a difference. So my friends, God longs to transform your spiritual rubble into complete life restoration because this is God's way, the way of Jesus. So in Matthew 23 verse 37, uh, this is what the Lord longs for Jerusalem when he looked down at the city. He said, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long uh, to really uh, put you under my wings just like a mother hand does for her chicks but you will not have me. So the Lord is calling out to you. Oh Jeffrey, oh Jeffrey, oh Michael, oh Michael, whatever your name is, the Lord is calling out to you. And he truly wants to gather you like a mother hen gather her chicks under her wings to protect you, to give you a truly a place where you can run to, uh, and, and truly, He wants to restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. Will you come to this God who can restore you? Amen? So let God transform your spiritual rubble into complete life restoration. So after confessing uh, before God, Nehemiah reminded God as though God needed reminding, but he was remembering the covenant of God, the covenant that God made with the nation of Israel. So Nehemiah asked God to stand by his word in verse 5. And this is what he says, Lord, the God of heaven, 
the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. You see, God, everything that God does is based on covenant. Nehemiah asked God to be attentive to his prayer and to remember the word the Lord commanded them in Nehemiah 1 verse 8. So in this segment, the other key to Nehemiah's prayer for success and favor in our life is to petition God to keep covenant and to remember his word. Uh, if you remember at the end of 2019 during the wash night service, Pastor Chiu shared from 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, uh, with regards to uh, raising up an Ebenezer, and, and they raised an Ebenezer because uh, just as the Lord uh, has helped them in the past, the Lord will continue to help us even in the present. So thus far, God has helped us. Why do you think God will not help us in the future? So even as we uh, take God and uh, uh, remind Him, not necessarily remind Him, that is a poor choice of word, but we want to truly engage with God, that truly we want to petition God, that truly He is a covenant-keeping God, and truly we want God to remember and to honor his covenant. So what can we do? In the slide that you see on your screen right now, take the promise back to the promiser, which is God in prayer. Lay hold of God's promises and let them lay hold of you. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 8 onwards, it is essentially a covenant remembrance which reveals God's grace and Israel's failures. The word remember appears 166 times uh, even in the NIV Bible. So let us continue uh, to petition God that even as we take the promise back to the promiser that is God in prayer, that He will truly answer our prayers because He is our covenant-keeping God. And this word, remember, it is a powerful way to come to God, asking Him to remember His promises. Nehemiah said, Lord, you made a promise to Moses and to this nation. I ask you now to make good on it. Nehemiah was essentially quoting from Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy chapter 30. So there is no doubt that the secret to great power in prayer, it is to plead the promise of God. So sometimes when as, as uh, a father, sometimes we get a bit annoyed uh, when our children uh, remind us, Daddy, uh, you remember uh, you promised uh, to do this, you remember you promised to do that, but not so our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father delights for us to remember covenant with Him and to plead with Him to remember covenant. So uh, even as Nehemiah did that, 
God answered his prayers. So, amen. So, the power of one man standing on behalf in the gap for the nation of Israel. So, for you and for me, are we so caught up with our own problems? Are we so caught up with our own situation that we do not even stand in the gap for our beloved nation, Malaysia? May we be like Nehemiah, standing in the gap and praying even for his beloved nation, Israel. So when we return to God, he honors his covenant. And on your screen, you will see this slide. He restore your fortunes. He have compassion on you. He will gather you again from all over and bring you back. He will bring you back to the land that belonged to your fathers and you will possess it. He will make us more prosperous and numerous than our fathers. And these are the promises that God made with the nation Israel that when they return to him, he will honor his covenant. This is, this is from Deuteronomy 30 verse 1 to 5. So in the last verse of Nehemiah 1, after communing, after confessing, and after covenanting with God, he pleaded with God to give him success and favor in the presence of King Artaxerxes. So uh, in Nehemiah 1 verse 11, it reads, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. So this man here refers to the king, Artaxerxes, and in nine other times it is recorded that he prayed. Nehemiah prayed nine other times in the book of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah knew that the key to success and favor is prayer. So friends, let's start engaging with God. Let's start communing. Let's start confessing. And let's start remembering the covenant that God made with his people. And what are the outcomes of Nehemiah's prayer? There are two outcomes, and we read this in Nehemiah 2 verse 8 on your screen. The king granted what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. So this was the first outcome of his prayer. And the second outcome was, the God of heaven will make us prosper, and we his servants, we will rise up and we will build in Nehemiah 2 verse 20. So dear friends, let's continue to uh, commune with God. Let's pray to God that truly God will grant you success and favor in your life. Amen. So for those of us who are Christian, I just want to read from Nehemiah 5 verse 19. And this is what uh, Nehemiah uh, uh, pleaded with God that remember me with favor my God for all I have done 
for these people. And even in the last verse of this book, again, Nehemiah said, Remember me with favor, O my God. So even dear friends, if you are a Christian, may I urge you to pray that even as you reach out to God and commune with Him, pray that remember me with favor, my God, even amidst this coronavirus pandemic, amidst the economic downturn which is coming, may you plead with God to remember you with favor and to grant you success. So for those of you who are first time logging into this online service and you have yet to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, may I invite you even as you read with me uh, this statement which is on your screen. This is a very loaded statement, but I just want to read it to you. Behind the debris of this unprecedented pandemic and its after effects, there stands the gigantic figure of one, because of whom, by whom, and through whom alone mankind may still have peace, the man Christ Jesus. And I present to you Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So this morning, or even this evening, whichever time you're logging into this service, would you want to receive the Lord Jesus into your life today for His favor to come upon you? If that is you and your first time logging in with us, may I invite you to close your eyes and to bow your heads even as you follow me in this prayer of salvation and it will truly be a wonderful and remarkable day for you for salvation will be yours join me in this prayer lord jesus i thank you that you die on the cross for my sins i confess that i am a sinner and that i need you in my life Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you right now and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. I thank you, Jesus, that you die on the cross for my sins. And now that I receive you into my heart, I am a son and I am a daughter of yours. And my name is written in the book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that now I am your child and you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. So if you have prayed that prayer, congratulations. There's a link down here. So we would like to be in touch with you and connect with you. Do let us know your details and we will get in touch with you very soon. So even as I bring this to a close, let us join the worship team uh, even as they sing, Do It Again. I purposely chose this song because it reminds us that the God who has been with us in the past, who has delivered us from all the problems that we were in in the past, is the same God who can do it again. 
And truly, even before we go, I just want to speak a blessing over you, a benediction of blessing to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His countenance towards you and grant you shalom and shalom. May you have a blessed week ahead. God bless you.